Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh JoshHighFalse. First things first, thanks to everyone who came out to Philly Sketch Fest Presents last Friday to see Casey Masterpiece, Catherine and Sarah, and WGRA Radio Theater's live presentation of The War of the Worlds. Philly Sketch Fest returns November 18th with the ninth annual Dirtiest Sketch in Philadelphia. But today's guest is Greg Gethard, formerly a member of the Sixth Borough and the creator of characters like The Gregulator, Carl G., and now financial guru Greg Gethard. His first sketch brings us back to 2007 when Geno's made, first made headlines with his When Ordering Speak English signs. This sketch was first performed when Greg was a member of the Sixth Borough. For this reading, though, Greg plays Joey, Alex Fromm plays Polly, Julia Hudson plays Patrice, and I give you the visual information. So let's go to the sketch. Gino's cheesesteaks. The line is fairly long. Two Goomba types stand next to each other in line as they wait. Yeah, nothing like coming home from a long day at work and having Gino's. May I've been fiending for a cheesesteak all day. Hells yeah, Joey. So as long as you got a job. All these friggin' Mexicans, though, man. They're making it real tough for me to get anything. They work so cheap, you know? For real, man. They work hard, but I wish they work hard back where they came from. They get to the head of the line. A woman is behind the counter. Yeah, how you doing, hon? I'd like one whiz wit. No, no, no. I am sorry, but I cannot help you unless you speak in proper English. I am sorry, but I cannot take your order unless you fall under compliance of our newest rules. There is a new policy heareth at Geno's. From hence, all patrons of Geno's must speak in the Queen's English. What do you mean, Queen's English? He said he wanted a steak, one whiz wit. <laughs> Under what language rules does one whiz wit pertain to? It is the language of the Vulgarians, of the Barbarians. Does it sound like anything approximating proper grammar or the rules of grammar? No. From now on, a Gino's to order a meal would say, I would like a cheesesteak with onions and peppers covered with your finest cheese whiz sauce, please. Is this some kind of a joke? I said I wanted one whiz wit. <laughs> I am sorry, as it is unfortunate. However, you did not follow the rules we have set forth, so I cannot help it. What if I just wanted to get some french fries, huh? I still gotta talk like a fruit then? <laughs> to order fries, it is simple. One must say I would like the cuisine from the finest nation on God's earth, followed by a genuflexation towards Paris, the city of lights, and then you must salute the pictures of Jacques Chirac that we have hanging up next to the framed picture of Vi Sikahema. No fucking way I'm doing that. No fucking way. <laughs> then I am sorry. Then you shall not have with our french fries or a cheesesteak sandwich. What are you going to do with? Order from Tony Luke's, or God forbid it, Pat's across the street? She's got a point there, Paulie. Ain't no way I'd ever eat a thing from Pat's. They both kneel. May we, we please, please have one, one cheesesteak sandwich with, with uh, onions and uh, plus, wait, uh, uh, please. Plus an order of... Uh, um. Hey, Greg. Hey, Josh. All right, so tell me about this sketch. Well... I wrote it when I was in a sketch group called the Six Burrow. Okay, and who like who was in the Six Burrow? A lot of people probably people don't know anymore because we're the old. Only name that I, the only names I fully remember are, and I don't think I've ever seen Six Burrow because they were before my time. Corey Cohen, yeah, and Emily McGraw, yeah. Oh well, if you know, well, I I'm glad you know Emily who who is like the most talented and hilarious person. Be because when I first started coming to shows and start like checking out the scene. Emily and Micah were doing Dude, their, their musical their, thing. Their uh, cat song. And, uh, the cocaine and yeah. uh, their version of Creep and all that stuff. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so who else was in um, six? It was me, Emily, Corey, 
uh, a guy, Pat Kelly, who lives in Cleveland now. Okay. Uh, Tabitha Vidori, who lives in New York or Jersey City. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a few, uh, Frankie Tartaglia, who owns, whose family owns Connie's Rick Rack. Okay. He was in it and then not in it. Um, my friend Melody Johnson was in it and then like on the fringe and she kind of left. And then I would say our most famous member, famous in quotes, is uh, <laughs> Jason Messina, who is does the graphics for John Oliver's show. Okay, because Brian actually told me to look him up Yeah, to do the show eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, so you mentioned uh, Tartaglia and Connie's Rick Rack, but yeah. you, that's where most of your... That's where I did a, a lot of a lot of your comedy treachery yeah, and so, stuff happened. So, and the Six Sparrow formed solely because of Connie's, pretty much. Um, How's that? So what happened is Connie's opened, and I like was I was like just starting to get into com- into mm-hmm. performing comedy. I did like a storytelling show in mm-hmm. New York, and then I did a like one-off kind of thing like that in Philly. There was like only one like alternative comedy show let alone event there were no venues right right the only right venue you're was still in the dark ages where yeah and there was one monthly show called die actor die okay that a guy named don montre put together don okay don montre like like every because now there's shows every night there's like good good comedy there's... and he none of it would have happened without don no one knows who he is. Like all, like he he lives in the suburbs now. I'm still friends with him. I'm, I'm talking to him on yeah. Saturday. Are you? Yeah. Good. Good. He's the godfather of Philly alt comedy. That, that's why I was hoping to get him, and I'm like actually really happy I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. He. All of that's gonna be edited out because you know. he he started it all, um, and then, um, and then I saw an ad somewhere I think about a sketch comedy writing class okay. being offered at Connie's. I never even heard of Connie's. Who would have who was the teacher? The who teacher was, was Ali Farrakhanon. Okay, okay. Who, got, yeah. who started People's Improv Theater and was like a right. early He was a, he was a writer on SNL for a while. Yeah, or, and one of the um, original UCB people. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of edited out of their history. Yeah, he's not one of the four, but he's yeah. he was yeah. he started the pre four and then got into a fight or something like yeah. that and formed uh Pitt. Yeah. Um, I believe. I'm not one hundred percent. Do you know sure. why he was down in Philly? Like you know, Frankie Tartaglia, um, who his family owns the Rick Rack, mm. but he used to do all U C B stuff right when they started moving to New York. Okay. And his like close friend from growing up in Philly is a guy, Jake Fogelnest. Sure, yeah. Uh, Jake is, now he writes like all, he writes he, for difficult people. I know he was a staff writer on the Wet Hot Wet Hot American season. Summer. Um, and was like He was a talking head on all those VHS all those shows, shows for so a while. Jake grew up in Philly. Okay. And then his mom moved to New York for work. Hmm. And um, so Jake and Frankie were friends from Philly. And then Jake moved to New York and became famous because he had a cable access show. Right. Jake TV. And Frankie would be on was on Jake TV episodes. He okay. would like be like he was like the cameraman or something like that. And the, and from there they both kind of got into UCB when UCB was starting. So, so that's how Frankie knew Ali. Okay. And then Ali opened a show like he came down here to teach a class at Frankie's. Okay. And uh, I found out I, it was in the city paper, I think, probably like some so it was ad. just totally random, like just totally random. And it was like 50 bucks or something like that. And was this like an eight week no. or just like a, like a two days, okay. two days? Um, it was like a Saturday and a Sunday. Okay. And for we had to write a sketch. I, I, and so I didn't it was not this sketch. Right. Um, I can't I can't find that's, the one I wrote. That's and then, fine. Um, I believe I wrote something about we had to write like a commercial parody and then we had to write like a a two person sketch. Mm-hmm. So my two person sketch was about the members of Wham, like Wham's <laughs> early formation. <laughs> and then um and then Tabitha was in that class. Okay. So Tabitha it, it was like I I was like just getting done with grad school and mm-hmm like looking for work and I wanted to start comedy and Tabitha I think when I think she just graduated from U Arts mm-hmm. um and she was like really motivated so she had like this email list of all people she thought might be interested in sketch comedy 
Right, and if she was at UART, she probably does know some actors. She, um. Yeah, so a lot of people were from there. So she asked me if I wanted to, to do it, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like great. That mm-hmm. sounds like fun. So I signed up. I, I went to like our meeting that we were at. It was at Connie's or a bar somewhere in South Philly. And there were like a whole bunch of people and then people kind of fitter, you know, like filtered out of their lack of interest. Mm-hmm. But then the core group with like the people aforementioned, it, like Jason went to UArts with Tabitha, I think. Okay. And I think she was friends with just Pat some from around Philly. And she knew Emily because they both worked at Eastern State Prison together. Emily, as, as like tour, tour guides, tour guides yeah. or something like that. And then Emily just moved to Philly. Emily and Micah, her husband, just moved here that year. Because as I was, you know, research, I, I've been wanting to dip into like the pre-fit, yeah, those dark ages of alternative yeah. comedy in Philadelphia and try to find names. So I just started like going like the, like these different rabbit holes of like of names I knew, like yeah. Six Burrow, yeah, uh, Animosity Pierre, oh yeah, like, yeah, David, all these other yeah. groups that like I knew that don't exist yeah. anymore. Megan Rob, and, and I found this. Uh, this interview that you guys did where I think I forget was a uh, comic versus yeah. audience. Yeah. It's like the only it's my thing friend Dave's blog. Yeah. It's the only like real online, uh, journal, ex- like existence yeah. archive of, you guys. of everything. Yeah. Um, and I was reading that and it was basically like Tabitha's in chart. Like Tabitha put us all together. Yeah. She was like, Ta- it was Tabitha, the godmother of the group. Tabitha and- put it all together. Um, and then, we all like really clicked, and there was also like all these weird like. It since it's Philly, you're never more than one step away from someone knowing a hundred of your friends. Right. Like Emily and Tabitha worked at the prison, and their boss, their manager is like one of my best friends from, <laughs> like for for years and years and years. So they both knew him, and then me and Pat had a bunch of other mutual friends we knew, um, and then, Tabitha's roommate at the time is uh, Jamie Fontaine who is like more literary okay she did a lot of early comedy and you know jamie's one of my closest friends now and it's just it was just like such a philly thing where jason jason went to high school with an ex-girlfriend of mine in uh (laughs) by atlantic city um see Corey. i don't know who who i knew with Corey, but i'm sure like me and Corey knew a few people frankie frankie knew ucb people and i knew a bunch of ucb people um, you're not originally from Philadelphia. No, you're I'm from, from I'm from North Jersey, right? Yeah. And because one of my big introductions to you was that infamous viral video of, of me being on Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego. Diego. Yes. Yeah, like, yes. But you okay? So you're from West Orange, or right? Yeah. Like West Orange, New Jersey. And you moved down to Philadelphia for school. Right? Yeah, I went to LaSalle. Okay. And then I went for undergrad, and I graduated, and then. I did a little bit of comedy there. Okay. Um, we we used to because LaSalle's like super tiny yeah. Catholic school, and I think like there's like three thousand people there, three thousand undergrads, something like that. When mm-hmm. I was there, it's a that little bit bigger out. now. So everyone knew each other pretty much, mm-hmm. and there used to be these really. We used to have like a a monthly open mic night. Was it like in the basement of one of the dorms, or was it? It, it was no. It, it was actually crazy. So when I went to LaSalle, um. There's a, a small stage there called back. It was called backstage, and it was like a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't really used all that much. But my friends, there were like twenty of us who were into like punk and indie music, mm-hmm. and like I grew up like you know into all that. You know, yeah. still I am into punk and all that. And there were twenty of us, and we, f- one of my friends somehow discovered that there was a club, like an inactive club, mm-hmm. that he activated world for lack of a better verb did he just like break in and restart it or he just he just asked the student activities like hey what's this club i see Mm -hmm. and they're like oh yeah no no one's in it do you want to be the president of the club (laughs) and it was it was a way for students to book their own events right and they gave like the budget was like five hundred thousand dollars or something insane that's that's it that was is insane, and it was it was in it was some I probably have the number wrong. It might be smaller, but it was an insane amount of money that that they, was not being used. That was not being used. That my friend Brian found out about, and he told us about it, and we were like, "This can't be real." And then we were like, "No, it's real." So, any big punk and indie touring band from the '90s played you at LaSalle University. It. Wow! And it was before, um, because the big venue 
for a while here was First Unitarian Church, and it was before that started. It was, like, right around when the first church shows started, and a lot of my friends from uh, who went to LaSalle, they're all from up by Jenkintown, like Willow Grove, right. and, uh, Lower Moreland. Mm-hmm. So they all like knew, and then they all knew each other from like going to punk shows together in high school. Like Adam and his package, I think maybe his first show was at LaSalle. Hmm. When it was like really early ones, and like all these bands like Promise Ring and Less Than Jake and um, Archers of Loaf, like they all played like my tiny school at this weird stage we had. And th- but then eventually this the stage became a spot for open mics. And then and, and then on top of it, it would be for open mics, you know. And right. and the professor who was in charge of it, he was like the writer in residence. Mm-hmm. It, he went on to fame. His name's Justin Cronin. He wrote a bunch of vampire books that are like bestsellers. Apparently, I hated his guts. Like he was the <laughs> lamest dude. I I met him because yeah, like I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a journalist for a living. So obviously. I was like the pained writer. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot wait for college for a creative writing class. And then I saw who would be teaching the creative writing class. I'm like, no, I would just hate this guy. <laughs> like, this guy would hate me. Let's, I'm just not even going to have him in my life. Just not even bother. Yeah. Uh, so I would do stand-up there. Uh, how did stand-up go? As it, a... was ter- it was, I mean, I was 18 doing. I'm sure. Yeah. Like... Um, I would do things like I would wear like ski masks. And like recite like '80s sitcom lyrics and get everyone there to do them, <laughs> to like sing like the different Stroke song. So, and so you've always had this penchant for the weird yeah, characters yeah, on stage. Always have had that. I, where does that? Where does it start? What were you watching as a kid? What was what was well, your comedy fandom growing up? Oh, like, well, my comedy fandom growing up. Like, I've always been like I was always like the class clown, right? Like, since grade school and. Uh, my family's funny. Like my mom's funny, and her, her side of the family, like the funniest mm-hmm. people, and uh, my brother's funny. Yeah, uh, Chris Gethard. Um, so he's, you know, like we're all like just been like that. Mm-hmm. And I really, got, I, I've always had, I've, I have sleep problems, so mm-hmm. I've always been insomniac and like, you know, like cannot sleep. So I'd be up all night, and then I started watching like in grade school Johnny Carson and Letterman. Okay, and then. That be then Saturday Night Live when I figured right. out that was on, and then we got Comedy Central my freshman year of high school. Uh, I'm 38, so which would have like been right at the start of 90. basically. Yeah, there were because there were two comedy channels. There was yeah, Ha was Ha and Network, and then yeah, and then comedy, and, they, and then they merged. Yeah. But we didn't have any of them. We just got Comedy Central, and me and my friend Chris, we we were like, like we finally got. It. So they're all old Saturday Night Live reruns, uh, Kids in the Hall. Uh, yeah, because um, there, MS, so, MST3K was yeah, like there was so it for me. little uh, original content in those first couple years of, of County Central. Yeah. It was all just yeah rerun syndicated yeah, which yeah. is mostly cable to begin with yeah. anymore. But uh, all that I mean, ki- I mean, ki- kids in the hall, kids in the hall, and MST3K were like mystery science theater. Right. Were like that was my like lo- like my it, it was like those things um, like the Ramones. And wrestling, <laughs> and like REM, were like that was my high school experience was all that. So, I mean, with like, because I primarily know you as characters yeah. because you haven't done sketch as a in a group for a while. Yeah, but you do create these weird yeah characters. I, and, I like and inhabit them and go to open mics where yeah. they shouldn't work. Yeah, and they never just doing they jokes rarely work. But yeah, uh, so but like kids in the hall definitely. Makes sense as a character piece because Kevin yeah. Hall is, is yeah. chock full of some weird well, characters. And then and enough, well, the probably the biggest influence is Andy Kaufman. Okay, right. It Andy, I mean Andy. My sense. two favorite comics of all time are Andy. My three favorite, my big three. It's Steve Martin, mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman, and Mike Myers. Would all right. So I asked everyone this favorite. Yeah, Saturday Night Live cast member Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Yeah, okay. Mike Myers. Um, why? Uh, I his sensibility just like. When I was, I mean, like, Wayne's World came out, like, September of my freshman year of mm-hmm. high school, and you cannot, like, have something match better, right? you know, and and it was just that, it was, and It then was the right movie at the right time. Just, just yeah, and then- Earth-shattering like, for I you. still have a Wayne, I have a Wayne's World hat on my desk at work, <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, the movie does not make a lick of sense now. Like, it really does not work I, I anymore. I loved it as a kid. It was, it's my favorite. It was my favorite. It was All a VHS that my, my brother had, and I watched it that. constantly. I, yeah. I probably watched it like seven or t- like ten times a yeah. year. 
uh and i haven't watched it in forever like so yeah. i'm curious how it holds up i watched it a few years ago like, and it holds like if all the laughs are nostalgia now they're or all are nostalgia they laughs funny? they're like, all nostalgia laughs um but yeah but Spr- my favorite saturday night live sketch is sprockets yeah and like my favorite recurring one and my favorite all-time single episode of saturday night live is the one hosted by jason Priestley of uh beverly hills 90210 right. fame the and only the only thing I remember of that show is he d- he does um is it a, like a Sprockets dating game or something? Yes, Love Works. Like that's the only Love thing Vux. I can I Phil, know from and that Phil, sketch. Phil, Hart- Phil Hartman is like a close and clo- like might be one he, him yeah. and Mike Myers might be tied, but Phil Hartman's like the really the the easiest answer. I don't think I've ever seen but, that full sketch. I've just seen that house clip on fire, like, house yeah. on fire, puts it out, puts it out. Yeah, he's in that yeah. later hose yeah. and wig and yeah. If my wife was here with me, we we would be able to do that <laughs> do whole the sketch. Full sketch. Yeah, we would be able to do the full sketch. I seriously talk like w- probably once a month about the Jason Priestley <laughs> 9210 episode because the first sketch um, he played an ice skater name, and it was during the Winter Olympics, mm-hmm. and he looked a lot like one of the ice skater, like this American right. ice under ice skating <laughs> underdog. So the sketch was like he was like trying to. We, you know, it, it, this is his starring moment. The fun, and he just kept wiping out <laughs> and like sliding into the boards. I'll have to see if the, yeah. how much of this is online because I like. Yeah, it's on how, Hulu. The whole like, episode's on Hulu. Okay. And then um, there's another great sketch where um, it, it was kind of like Adam Sandler's breakout moment, probably. Okay. Where um, hit a whole bunch of them. There, it's a new kids on the block around Arsenio because right around then the new kids got um, accused of. Like lip syncing their songs. Okay. So they came out on Arsenio to try and like save face. It was like the most pathetic thing you've ever seen on TV. <laughs> so there's a Saturday Night Live sketch where um they were all like like every like Mike Myers was like Jordan, you know, like all John, yeah. uh, Jason Priestley was Jordan, and then Adam Sandler was Donnie the bad boy, and then Adam Sandler raps. He does like the rap part mm-hmm. of the song is "Girl You Are Wicked Awesome" is the name of the song, and then. <laughs> Um, let me see if I can do it. Is, um, my name is Donnie. I'm here to say they call me Donnie because that's my name. And Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, then what is it? Um, Purina cat chow, a chow chow chow. If only my friends could see me now. I'm walking, I'm talking Macaulay Calkin. Roger Clemens was caught for blocking words, sister. So, and it's from like 1991. I, I I messed something up and I'm Why killing myself. Why is that still in your head? <laughs> Twenty five years later. Me and my later. friends, like me and my friends, like recited, like we were obsessed with that sketch, and we used to recite it all of the time. So the like, so I was so so into like that or Saturday Night Live. Right. So like, you you said you're a class clown. Was yeah. Was your class clownness just like bringing in? Because I've talked to people who are yeah. like, yeah, I could come in and just do stuff from the SNL sketches. No one else saw it, and they thought I was a genius. Yeah, like, there would be – I mean, some of that. Some of that, right? Obviously, like, yeah, there was – because we used to – like, you know, like, no one else in my fifth grade class was watching Letterman right, exactly. and doing, like, top ten lists. Yeah. I think maybe one of the biggest influences of comedy in my, like, life was um, – my mom bought me a few years in a row the David Letterman top ten list book for Christmas as a mm-hmm. stocking stuffer. They are still. I think I have. Well, so I think I got funny. one of them. They, they are. They are still like the funniest things. I think I got one through like those like Scholastic Book Fair like yeah. pamphlets, which I don't understand how that was a thing either. Uh, or that's a like, weird get from a yeah. Like uh, that's a really weird. Maybe get. I'm be, misremembering. Because um, usually it'd be like tales of a fourth grade nothing. Yeah. It, yeah. But. There's like all these references to like John Sununu and like <laughs> yeah. that's how yeah. old it was. I had yeah. no clue who these people yeah. were. Like, why like, do I think Admiral Poindexter's funny? Uh, <laughs> Sununu and Lee Iacocca. Yeah. Like, I think it was just when yeah. he went to CBS, like yeah. that first season. And like, I thought it was the greatest things, the things that I understood. And then everything else was Sununu and Iacocca. And yeah. I had no clue any of those. I s- the first Letterman, the first week of Letterman on CBS is still. Like, I still remember all of that. There was like, I was just thinking about one today when Paul Newman was in the crowd, and he's like, "Paul Newman's here," and Paul Newman stands up and he's like, "Where the hell are the dancing cats?" <laughs> Why is Paul Newman in the crowd? Just, just like for a, that one joke. Just like, like a one. Yeah, I guess he was in town maybe, and they just wanted to make a joke about the mo- the Cats musical, <laughs> Winter Garden Theater, and then um, Letterman doing. Um, Drive-in when he was the Taco Bell. The Taco Bell drive-in is, is like, oh my god, was one of the first thing like the first late night thing I've ever seen. Um, 
and it blew my mind. I was yeah. like, this this is great. Yeah. And I, I didn't know Jay, Jay Leno was a thing because whenever I was up and watched yeah. late night TV, it well, was I remember Letterman. Leno when he was still like on doing like because yeah. there, there there was like, I mean there was like the big stand up comedy boom in yeah. the 80s and. So there was a lot of, even though the Comedy Central wasn't a thing yet, there was a lot of stand-up on TV. Right, because you had, like, the... Um, HBO and HBO, Comic Strip uh, Live was yeah. a show, and, like, there were constant... There was, like, an improv one, too. H- like. Yeah, con- like, all these things. So you would see all of these, like, con- like people became famous comics yeah. eventually. Like, yeah, and Leno was, like, already famous. Yeah. So, and then he was always, like, the substitute Carson yeah. host, and, and, you know, and then, you know, and... But yeah, like early Letterman in Letterman was like the ki- like, like just if, if you're gonna st- just would steal things from him. Yeah, and then I became actually funny on my own <laughs> at, at some point. Like, what was that point where you realized like, oh, I could do this like by yeah, myself? So clear as day memory. Clear as a day memory was in sixth grade, right? Okay, because I I didn't like in, like like so many other comics, you know, like I I wasn't like I didn't really have a lot. Like too many friends, I was mm-hmm. bullied a lot and picked on a lot, and like I never really felt like I had friends until like high school, right? You know, like I had I had some I had some friends, but I don't you know like it it was definitely a very like you hadn't found your tribe yet, y- like. yeah, exactly. And I I definitely was very um in like I was like a total crybaby, <laughs> and <laughs> we had to do this um writing project in fifth grade, okay, fifth grade, Mrs. Pascal's class. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Stern's someone. <laughs> Pascal or Stern? Pascal or um, Stern was one of those two. And it was in fifth or sixth grade. And so maybe it's not clear as day. But <laughs> we had to do this ad. We had to do this writing project where we had to pick something from classified ads and write a story about it. Okay. So all like kind of like the like the more popular like kids were like escort, ser- like sharper kids were like sure. escort service, you know, things like that. And I saw an ad about um hair, it was like a hair care product okay so i wrote we had to write like a two-page story or three paragraph story or something like that and i wrote a story about the guy uses the hair care and his hair just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing mm-hmm. and the teacher would read the best stories and would um but wouldn't say who wrote it and okay. she read my story and like it cracked like the whole room up like killed the whole room and hmm. I like just sat there like, wow. Oh, this is this is like I mean it's just like this is the best I've, this is the best I've ever <laughs> felt about myself to the ten year first ten years of my life. And that's and getting a laugh like that, that's partially why we do it. Like that is the the best feeling that you can y- get. Like, yeah. Um. So all right, you took this class at Connie's. At Connie's. Is there any other quote unquote comedy education? Did you do any other classes? I've never taken like, any other like comedy classes. No class. UCB, like, I, no. no. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I am so against comedy classes. I am so against all of that. It's just a pyramid scheme. <laughs> like, I get I, it's good in some ways, right? Like, I, I mean, I would never take an improv class. Like, right. I think if I, I would go back in time and snuff Del Close out at birth. <laughs> If it, because I think that would be for the greater good of humanity, <laughs> and I and I I mean I have Jeb Bush would go back to go to Hitler. Yeah. You're going to d- Del, Del Close, close. Okay. My, or I would go back and kill Eddie Vedder at birth. Even though like I I don't mind Pearl Jam at all, but then like no one in the '90s would sing like that. Like <laughs> like that voice would would that voice still exist if we did not have Eddie Vedder? Clearly, your priorities yeah. in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, but I. I mean, so I've like, like with sketch writing class, it's good. For, I think it's it's good for some people yeah. who, um, need a need a reason to write. Mm-hmm. They need a thing to give them a spark and need a spark to get them into something and the confidence that they can do this. Right. So that part is very very well worth it. I fully understand that part yeah. of it. Um, I don't like. I don't have a need for that part. But of you're it. not gonna you're not gonna teach a sketch class anytime I, I, soon i mean in terms there's like i think like a lot of people in the early days of philly comedy like people i started with like they all started taking these classes at ucb mm-hmm. and then it kind of felt like all of their sketches were exactly the same I, I can see that because it was just a pattern you know it's like oh here is where i heighten the right. sketch and which, then here is which the is call very back. much a ucb thing it's where a, they teach a, you the game of the sketch and yeah. like 
the and, beats and there's actually like a, a, a pattern and, 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 and that stuff is it. very that stuff is really really fine and right. that stuff is is fine and that's kind of why i got out of being in a sketch comedy group as part of that we none of us in the six bar took any of those classes mm-hmm. and um but then when i saw other people taking taking those classes like I mean, it was good for a lot of. It was good for if those people think it was good for them. Like yeah. I'm not gonna criticize that, but I just that that stuff is just not for for me to to take, you know. Um, and then like I, I, I know you mostly as characters, and like yeah. between either the regulator, yeah. which I've I've only seen on your brother's show. Yeah, like when you do like, the, the baby powder bag. I was watching, and it's gonna be posted with the 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 the, the audio when this goes out the the fear episode two years ago yes with ad bryant where you were allowed to do an entire segment of the show and it that is to me is the craziest the craziest thing to me because my like like it's weird enough to see my brother is like a well-known a person like kind of a famous person yeah and it's that's weird enough as it is Mm -hmm. but he i would he his show was a cable access show before that and 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 that made sense to me like (laughs) yeah because we loved cable access and all that growing up. That made sense to me. But but the so, fact that Will Ferrell, Galifianakis, and all yeah. these other people signed off, and they yeah. put it on an actual a, network. Actual ne- but the, the awesome thing about that is that all of the like the, the camera crew and the editors and all of those people. They're, they're all still they're, from. They're from the cable access yeah. show. Like almost all of them are from the cable access show. Yeah. And then I get to see these kids like. You know, like I don't. I mean, not to mean it pejoratively, but you like yeah. I've known them all. Like when they were like nineteen, you know, and and things like that. Like with like crazy equipment and seeing my brother, like <laughs> just seeing it is nuts. And there's and they're they're like bona fide. Like there's people who write for my brother's show who are like now writing for. Saturday I was gonna say Night one Live. of them just got hired for SNL yeah, Julio. Yeah. yeah, you know, and like all these people like or they 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 work on like movies like so like I'm you know, like I think like I'm pretty funny. Like I know I'm pretty funny. Like right. I'm, uh, there's no but like Chris will even say that you're funnier. Yeah, <laughs> Chris has said that. He I've, has said that, and it, that's we can find the quote on that. Yeah, yeah, he has said that, and it's I I am funnier in the family dynamic. Right. I'm not funnier. Right. He's a professional comedian. Right. Like he is funnier than me. He is accomplished. He you know he is like one of the best comedians in the world. Sure. And. Um, and if we were not siblings, I would still be like I would be like the biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Like if we did not share DNA coding, <laughs> but um, they just like legitimately the both times I've been on that show, it is no Greg. Like we don't have anything written for you. You do whatever you want on this show. Yeah. What was the other thing that you did on the Fusion Show? You did the Gregulator on I, in I that did fear both, episode. Both times is you were, yeah. You were the Gregulator both times. The second times. time was this season, and I was on with Gerard. That's, Carm- okay, that's what I thought. The the family yeah. dinner episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was and I was just told like the only thing was that we I was told to do was like you're gonna come on and you're gonna there's gonna be a doorbell ringing and we're gonna answer the door and you're gonna interrupt family dinner. Okay. Anything you want to do from there, <laughs> it is for you to do. Just do, do not tell us. And I'm like, and I'm like, just, and then ahead of time, I, I ran a couple ideas before them ahead of time. And they're like, what props do you need? Right. Like, it's just like, what do you need to do this? And I'm like, this is, it, this is like, thank you for giving me <laughs> two segments on a TV show. I very much do not deserve this. You guys like all went to school for this and put in time for this. No, but but that 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 segment with AD Bryant is hilarious. That the what I think your phrasing's like the thinly veiled metaphor yeah. makes me laugh every time yeah, I hear about it. Like ska music. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah. But all right, so you have the regulator. Yeah. Uh and I don't think you you, you performed it on stage a couple times. Uh tell me about Carl G. Oh, yeah, I've done that twice. Yeah. But and like, by staging me in a bookstore, right? But staging me in the bookstore in Manning, just because it's not on a riser yeah. doesn't mean it's not. Um, where did that start? Boredom, <laughs> just pure boredom. Um, Let's go. Carl G is, is a, this character my, you created on Yelp. On Yelp, it's it's a Yelp reviews. I I am obsessed. I've been like really obsessed with Yelp for a while because mm-hmm. like I, you know it's like I mean it's like the go to review source now. Yeah. And I'm reading it, and it's like, all right, like a lot of them, like, all right, the place sounds great, I love it, and then I'm like, read a one star review, and like, it's it's the and, worst place and, ever. And it's like the, wor- the, dr- the the waiter threw a drink in my yeah, face. Like, it's just like someone got fired, or 
Yeah. You know, like their ex girlfriend works there or something like that. You know, and so I I had I had written a few previous fake Yelp reviews just okay. for my own entertainment value. <laughs> And as Carl G, no, or just like just probably it's like Greg, probably okay. is me. And they were just like one was like of uh, Chestnut Hill Coffee, and okay. it was like, I love Chestnut Hill Coffee. I come here all the time. I pretty much come here every morning with my wives, <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. So, so it wasn't even like you were trying to create a story. You just like like would sneak in this one little joke for yeah, yourself, just for myself, hoping someone around would be like, oh. Yeah, and I don't even I didn't put it on Facebook right. or anything. It was just for my entertainment value. And then like a little while later, I was just like bored and I was like, I'm gonna feel like writing some Yelp reviews tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, just a Tuesday night. So so you create and this I, character. I you wrote, create this avatar. I wrote the first one as I wrote the first one for some I forget what place it was, one of the places in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it was just like came here. You know, um, you know, great, great. I think it was a Ugly Moose is the first one, okay. which is a, you know, bar in my neighborhood I like. And it was like, can't you know, love the Ugly Moose. Um, it has a great ski lodge type decor, very warm, very cozy, great hamburgers. Came here to sell. Came here to sign the fi- finalize the divorce papers with my ex wife <laughs> without the pressure of an attorney. <laughs> and then. <laughs> So I just like I just thought that in itself is like like I would love to read that like if I read that I'd be like crying with laughter. So then it just kind of hit me like like I'm gonna make this a novel like I'm gonna turn this into one. I'm gonna like keep going with this and see where it goes. The life of Carl G through yeah. Yelp reviews. Yeah. So and then like each one picked up another. It was just one of those ideas that because yeah, like, you create an ex-wife, me. you create two yeah. children. Then I created their names and more backstories. And then there and was I, I, the ex, the new girlfriend the new, Tanya, yeah. who w- uh, was in jail for voter fraud <laughs> and is now out. And then his ex-wife Cynthia um, meets Doug, a prominent water fitness aerobics instructor <laughs> at LA Fitness. And like they're all in like these reviews of like 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 the Indian restaurant on Main Street. <laughs> is this still like were these deleted like, no they're all still they're on all, like they're still on no Yelp. business owner was like what the hell's this no, th- like, they love it like, every <laughs> business owner i met has, loves it um, so every little business in maniunk like roxborough all want a carl g like like true like all right true true story right here right okay. is um so i me and my wife there's a there's a mexican restaurant on main street in maniunk mm-hmm. um takiera police okay and it was like, relatively new still in the neighborhood when I was doing the Yelp reviews, and I wrote one about them. Okay. Right. And I had been there like once or twice, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife been w- was there like a bunch more than bunch more than me. So we, for our anniversary, went there. We were just like, all right, we'll just go there. You know, we went yeah, to nice Barnes so, Museum or yeah. whatever first, and then we'll go there, and then we'll go home. So I, you know, we had a reservation. And we showed up. It was like Friday night. It was pretty crowded. And the hostess and the manager were like, "Like, hi!" Like they're like, <laughs> they're like and we're like, "Oh, hey!" Like really enthusiastic. And they're like, "Yeah, we're on a table for two." Like, yeah, no, yeah, no. We we have it ready. It's just a little busy. We got to clean it up. So I was like, it was like a little unsettling. And I'm like, all right. So we'll just wait by the bar. Wait by the bar. So we go. We wait by the bar, and they keep looking at us. Did. They figure. Yeah. So when we got seated, and like I had noticed like a lot, like they keep looking at us, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I, they probably just think we're going to leave or something like that. So we're like, all right. So then when they come to seat us, the manager is like, I have a question for you. Are you Carl G? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. How do you know that? Because I had, I had done the live show before. I assumed it was. Oh, this was already show. after. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, "Do you know me from there?" And they're like, "No." And the ho- and like the, the hostess was like, we, "So the host, the manager Anthony told me he's like, I read, you know, like we all read the Yelp reviews of the restaurants, mm-hmm. right?" And I read that, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like, and I just like whatever I wrote for him, you know. Right. And he's like, "I what is this?" Like this, and so he whatever at, chapter in, in yeah. Carl's story this yeah. is, and he so he read and read the other ones and was like, "This is." <laughs> <laughs> like what is this so he had sent it to the staff and they had read the, and they were all shared it with mm-hmm. each other so then i got a lot of publicity for it mm-hmm. i had like carl g week i call it that like i posted it i sent it to celebrity okay yeah and then celebrity wrote something about it 
and then it ended up on Business Insider and then New York Magazine. Right, I, I then, remember seeing, yeah. Yeah, and then I ended up uh, interviewed by ABC News for okay. it. It was on like like the scroll on Yahoo for like a day, <laughs> so um, so they one of the they had seen the hostess had come across like my name mm-hmm. through there, and she Facebooked my name, and in true Philly Mutual fashion, friends. her cousin's my best friend, so I had like actually been at like a Christmas party <laughs> with her, or a wedding or something like that. So she like when they saw the name like it. Like, my wife's name is Alana, mm-hmm. so it's, like, not a common name. Right. Especially so, not her spelling of it. Yeah, yeah. So they picked it up from there. They were yeah. like, oh, you're... Wait. Yeah. So it's him. It's him. So so you were Facebook stalked by this entire restaurant. <laughs> Staff attack here, please. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then now you're doing, uh, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I'm still hammering out. Financial guru, Financial Greg guru, uh, And I think you're doing it at... Um, uh, punchline, punchline, and good, good coming good, up, good, good comedy, uh, couple nights, couple different things. But I, I, that, but the financial guru comes from your actual real life. Yeah, it, like I, I was, I, I'm not doing it right now. Right now, I'm, I write about like my day job. I write about uh, legal journalism, mm-hmm. like the law, legal industry. Right. But I was a business and finance journalist for like a long time. Right, and my specialty is like the energy industry. Right, so right. I'm, I'm really like wonkish about that, and I have a my first master's degree is in um, Europe, Central and Eastern European studies, and I was more kind of like international. I made it like international econ and mm. a couple. Yeah, you know, that was kind of my focus area, and uh, I'm getting my MBA now too. Fancy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and they're all at LaSalle. I have to every few years give LaSalle like ten thousand dollars at least, and I don't have it just to donate, so <laughs> it might as well come Jeez, via yes. a third party lender. That's uh, yeah. That's fine. So I read a lot of um, like finance and econ, and mm-hmm. and I uh, read some of like the personal finance books, and like the the one that's kind of the big one is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Right. The that I've yeah I've seen and I've never read it. I've I've it's seen garbage. him like even on uh, the Robert Channel Twelve Kios- doing stuff. Yeah. It's trash. It's just garbage. He's like a, like there's like a like a square and like four. Yeah. 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 And he and he and these books, like so many of them, you read them. And I'm like, like, like I'm not. I am not like an expert at this stuff at all. But I, I've talked to smart people like who invest for a living. You know right? enough that this I know is what garbage. A sm- I know what a smart person will tell you about how to manage your money, mm. and I know what a bad person will tell you to manage your money. Mm. And a smart person will tell you, like. Um, will inform you like there's risk and reward when you invest and yeah. spread you know diversify and keep your money you know know that you can lose your money but right. you know things like uh, index funds from Vanguard have very little fees and you know you're not going to make money by you you will need to be incredibly lucky to think you're going to be Warren Buffett like, right you are not going to do that there's only one Warren one, Buffett yeah. you know and then there's ten there's millions of people who lost all their money buying one stock so. Yeah. You know, and but this guy's like book. It's like buy a buy a uh, buy a house and like rent it out. Right. Like all right, no, there's no down. Like that didn't bankrupt the entire economy <laughs> in 2008 or anything. That's People the- taking out multiple mortgages and yeah, and trying to flip houses and things like that. Like no, that didn't. There's no problems with any of that or anything. Because yeah, that's the new thing that you see like in the like bus advertise like bus and train advertising is like. You still see these rich yeah. dad poor guy, rich dad poor dad seminars, yeah. and flip your house seminars yeah. and stuff like that. Like it, it's no longer like timeshare. No, advertising. It's these two get rich. It, it's schemes. all. It, it's all it is. But it's like, yeah, all right. It's a get. It's a like, yeah, like house flipping and things like that have worked for people, and there are. Yeah. There's like plenty of smart people who buy a rental property and and rent it out, but then yeah. you don't think about like, oh yeah, now I own a house, and when like the the uh, pipes all break, like I'm I have to pay that, or yeah. what if I rent it out to someone who destroys the house or doesn't pay the rent, or you, like yes, you know, or it's just like it's just garbage. It's just like so much, and then a lot of it, it's just like this. It's told as a story, mm-hmm. like a personal journey. Which makes sense. Like that's how people read. That's like every commercial is like a story. Uh, But what happens is people like it tells like a personal narrative, and the advice is secondary. 
mm-hmm. even like good ones, like it's like that. So I'm just like, and I'm like, and in Rich Dad Poor Dad, the the story is completely made up. It's absolutely fictional. Right. And then and then there's like the people have done like a backstory, like research, like Wall Street Journal, all these places have like investigated this guy, mm-hmm. and he won't he will not tell them like all his real what his real estate empire is. Like he will not tell them what because yeah, his empire is because it's it's scheme. not there. There's no empire. Yeah. And now he's just like um, a, it's now you pay him to, you pay his seminar. Yeah. And things like that. It's like so, so then where does the character like. Where does your character slide on this side of financial guru? Like it, it's that uh, my character, my character has written a book. It, it, uh, it is, is okay. Is writing a book called Cash Dad Trash Dad, <laughs> and um, I so my I'm working like I'm working on like a like I'm working on a big project with it. Okay. I, I eventually. I'm not gonna get into the details what yet because I don't I exactly don't know what that's going to be, but. I've been going to like. But this character is bigger than the mics and. Oh well, right now I'm just doing it at open mics, <laughs> which is really. But I'm saying like yeah. you have you have bigger aspirations. Yeah, for I would this. love to do like I, I would love to do like a one man show with it okay. or like a 45 minute thing, just also with my schedule like yeah. you know like I'm I have like a you know like you know like real job going to school job school being a good husband being a good husband you like friend you know like they're and then basketball is going to start up soon and, and <laughs> that's right because basketball definitely yeah. uh yeah you know baseball playoffs you know so it's like i got a lot of stuff to go on so i only the have fraction's like, very small yeah. now for yeah. fa- then, financial guru greg ethert but one of the things that you don't think about like with the six borough like they why i left like there, there are a bunch of reasons why i left but mm. one of the reasons it's like Every time I was, and I was younger then, you know, I, I was in my, I didn't have as much no. responsibilities, but every time I do a show or a rehearsal is time I'm not with my wife. Right. You know, and we did like one of our first shows we did was in the Fringe Festival and we got signed up for 28 shows or something like that, like 20 shows. Wow. That's how little anyone knew about like what we should be doing yet. Because now that's, no one would do that. Now we'd be like, I'm doing a show that's, or that's, maybe that's two. That's a lot. We signed up for 20 shows, and I was like, no, I can't do this many. Like, I, yeah. And you know, like people were like, no, we have to. It's the And I'm like, no, I, I'm married. Like, my wife – and my wife's a teacher. Like, we have this – and it was in, like, August. Like, yeah. she's off. Like, this is the one time a this year. This is our time. This is our time to, like, go on a vacation together yeah. or, like, visit our parents and, you know, like – and she doesn't want to go to 20 comedy shows. Like, <laughs> like, or then it's just like every week I have to rehearse. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a time suck. It's, it's a major it time suck. And she, like, she is very supportive of it. Yes. She, lo- she loves it. She is, I know something is funny if she thinks it's funny. Okay. Like, like Carl G, she thinks it's hilarious. Mm. The financial guru she likes a lot. Um, and then other, you know, like, other things I've done, if it if I run it by her first, and if it's if she thinks it's funny, it is, it will it works at a crowd. Yeah, I've, I've done things she is do, does not find funny that have worked, but it is not a one hundred percent success right, ratio. Yeah. So she is she is super into like super funny, like you know like a great partner and everything like that. But it's like yeah no we you know like we want to go to get dinner you know like she doesn't want to come to all these shows yeah. and. You know, like, and I, I don't blame her. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, like go. Because even when we were scheduling this, you're like, I, I have to see if it cuts into wife time. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, fine. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and it's just, you know, and, you know, like th- that's my number one priority is my yeah. family and everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's like a thing with people who do, who've done sketch comedy, like secret pants. I'm like, like, yeah. I've known those dudes for years. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they don't do as much, but right. like Brian, the Brian's still are everywhere. Sam, does They're, a ton, they ton stole, of stuff, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know how you guys have the energy to do it because you're all are married, and you know, like, you know, some of you have kids yeah, now, you know, a couple of children, yeah, now, like, yeah. And I'm like, like I got it when you know when you guys were 25, like I get it, but but 33 married, yeah, like man, yeah. so that's kind of like another reason why I started doing like characters, like one man characters is like, I control my time with it. I, I, it's just kind of easier for me to do, do this stuff at open mics, right? Like yeah. regulator, I just did as a stand up bit. Mm-hmm. And it, I found, you know, and, and like, I'm banned from helium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banned from the helium. 
for because in the contest I used to start the bit by throwing baby, baby powder, powder in the air like yeah. LeBron James, and I did that in the contest, and it got in the vent and circulated <laughs> in the air, and they had to refund like seven drinks. So, um, and there were like still like there's stains of baby powder on the ceiling there forever. So, um, and so it's like so. Um, and, and I'm proud of, I'm proud of that. Like, I don't like whatever, like they're not going to book me there anyways. Like, right. what do I care? You know, like, um, so they, um, so I did that at stand up mm-hmm. shows and I always like it, it didn't always work. Not everything works like all of the time, right. but like I did it on the, I did it on the same shows that like every, like the best standups in the city, you know, did, you know, like, like, you know, like I chip. Chantry and Aaron Herzog are like two of my closest friends, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Doogie Horner, you know, is like one of my, you know, like I haven't seen him in a while, but you know, like I, yeah, you know, love that dude too. And I was on shows with those guys, you know, and they're the best, like they are the best standups in from Philly, you know. Or like and if you're getting a similar Mary. reaction that you are to that, like, yeah, and like I was on shows with them, you know, I'm not as good as those guys, but in terms of being like the first or second person on that show with them. Like I got, I did well, you yeah. know. Um, and I think like alternative comedy and weirdo comedy does work at like, I love performing at like normal venues. Like yeah. I did a show in like Delaware, like <laughs> as the regulator, as the regulator, <laughs> and it, like it, it it did really well there. But I was I don't a lot of like comics stand-ups like i wouldn't get booked for suburban shows because i'm too weird yeah and i'm like yeah no i get that but just (laughs) like that's fine like i mean that's it saves me a trip out to media you know or doylestown or whatever but Uh, so then all right uh so why why comedy why like i just have i mean you started yeah six barrow you were in that almost 10 years ago yeah and you don't do as much as you did back then but like you're still doing stuff so What's the draw? What's the appeal? Well, kind of like to I'll reveal the curtain for you. <laughs> is um I'm actually um I I am uh, I'm bipolar. Okay. So uh I have a, like like so it's it's like you know like manic depression right. Mm-hmm. So I I'm treated for it and most of the time I'm very I'm pretty stable. Mm-hmm. But I just have um a lot of energy I have to burn off. Okay. All of the time, and like. I, I mean, like, I really much feel like a lot, like, mo- like I mean, I usually sleep four hours a night. I just, like, have that. I feel caffeinated all of the time. I have a cup of coffee a day. Yeah. And it just, it's constant. There's just, like, a constant amount of noise. And sometimes it's about jokes. Sometimes it's funny bits. Sometimes it'll be school. Sometimes it'll be, like, serious journalism. Right. So I, like, I've always had a hard time with my life, like, figuring out exactly what it is i am Mm -hmm. like what you know like am i missing opportunities by doing this have i burned opportunities by going in this way yeah kind of thing and just the past year or you know so past few months it's just been like no it's okay to be all of that like the only person who cares about putting you in a box is you Mm -hmm. so just do everything you want with it so i um, just kind of like really embrace that the past few months. And it's like, yeah, like I'm exploring all these different types of things again. Like I just filmed the, wrote a commercial last week or I wrote a commercial and we filmed it over the weekend. Oh, wow. Um, and it's like about, it's like a inspired by Carl G. Okay. So, um, hopefully like, um, my friend Kevin is doing like the tech part of it. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, so it's just like, I'm, I just want to try a lot of new things. Okay. And um, even though I've done comedy before, I'm going back in. It feels new again. Mm-hmm. And if it's awesome because there's so many more people who are doing it now. Yeah. And I don't know who they are. And most importantly, they do not know who I am. Right. <laughs> there might be a little legend yeah. about you. but Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and or like n- there's so many people who don't know who yeah. I am. And like I like that that is yeah. great because it's like I can start totally like fresh. And mm-hmm. now that I'm older, like, because when we started, like, the dark days, right, it was, like, we weren't just starting, like, it wasn't just starting doing comedy. It was, like, starting a community. Yeah. And that part was awesome. It was really fun. And I made so many, like, lifelong, like, super close friends. Like, Emily, 
Like yeah. I'm gonna hang out with her tomorrow, probably. You, you know, and um, and um, you know, other other people. Like I'm mm-hmm. super, still super close with so many people from back in the day. But then other part, the comedy community like really fragmented, and there just became like a lot of things with it I didn't like. Yeah, and because of that, soured me on it. It's, and it sours me when people like 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 I think like a lot of people like just from like comedy discussions on Facebook like I've been labeled a social justice warrior and like I am totally not like that <laughs> in you know but I'm sensitive to like you know like I'm sensitive to that there needs to be like more diversity yeah right and I'm very sensitive to like not telling rape jokes and not being like a gross slob on misogyny on stage and like you know like let's make it you know like let's like not make the one girl at the comedy mic feel like she's being looked at like a slab of meat you Mm -hmm. know like let's um so i didn't like that about the community so it just soured me on it and like i don't like being around these people i don't like being i don't drink so being at a bar like like has no appeal to me right um and so it soured me on it but then when i started getting the itch to do it again I'm going back in knowing like this community is something else now than yes. what I wanted it to be, but mm-hmm. I cannot do anything about that. Right. And like I don't and I'm going in very selfishly now, which might sound on its face like bad to mm-hmm. use that word, but I'm not going in worried about like the community. Right. Like, I'm not going in like Hey, I'm gonna make this community happen. Like I'm going in. You're, because you're gonna go in, get your laughs, get, get your thing. In. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in. I'm getting my bit in. You know. And there's there's still people like are around who at mics and stuff like who I really like mm-hmm. like like a lot. Like um, um, Silas P hosts the mic at in Maniunk I go to, and he's like the best dude. Like mm-hmm. great guy. Um, and Steve Swan popped up at one a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I've known him forever him and my um his wife and my wife used to work together hmm. so we're you know like longtime friends and then um then there's like a few newer comics like i like i really like megan getz is this one new stand-up i like jordan hevel chuck i can't mm-hmm. pronounce her last name sorry <laughs> jordan if you hear that but she's <laughs> she's really great um this guy uh matt haggerty i think is his name okay he's a stand-up like he's super funny but i don't i don't know them but I, I've become friendly with them right. because you. Know, but I'm not like going. I'm not in it to make friends. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like a reality TV person. But right. I'm there because I got stuff I want to do. I got a bit right. in mind that I want to make into something special. And going in with that attitude, it's like it. it it's really good. It's like I. I don't feel a need to hang. Like I don't want right. to because so much of stand up. Not so much is the ba- is the back room is the, the, the glad handing yeah. and back slapping and I'm like I don't want to tell someone who's terrible at comedy they're great yeah just to get on some dumb show that like I'm not gonna I don't want to be on right like if they think I'm good and they want to be on my if they want me to be on their show they great. can find me you know yeah. like so um yeah it's like that's just how it how it is now you know I I I love going in like that and um. Like I I used to run I ran my own show for eight years yeah um which is like a sketch show bedtime stories right we, we didn't even get yeah to we that at like, all yeah that was like kind of like my my big thing with with that and like and and then that like everyone knows the theme show now I think from fit right, it, bedtime stories was the theme show and then I did it at Connie's and then it just wore it booking your own show wears you out I'm I'm booking a podcast and I like. Yeah. There's no like audience to it, and it's still exhausting to me. I, I had like ten acts every month, and I did every month um, was a different theme, like the theme show. Yeah. Every month, I tried to hook up with a local charity, yeah, to raise money, um, because Connie's Connie's gives a good cut, yeah, and but it'd be like all right, it's eighty bucks is a good cut, but there's ten acts, you can't split that. It's eight, nine, like, yeah. you know, it's like anytime I did a show, if I got six bucks, like I'm like, oh great, but you know, it's six bucks. Yeah. So I'm just like, I think it'd be better to give a hundred bucks to like the animal shelter, sure. you know, and um, but just running that own sh- your own show for a while, and then I posted it and performed on it, yeah. and a lot of times like I didn't come up with my bit until like the day of the show. 
and and then a lot of times like I would have an idea and I'm like you know what like I I don't want to do I think this is really good but I don't want to do this because I want to set other people up sure because like you know like uh, the host isn't always the best comic and the host is a thankless job for the most part you don't want to take yeah if you have 10 other acts on the show you don't want to yeah be the center of it when there's yeah but i um very um i very much like it just burns you out like hosting and then but a lot of times like the material i started the show because I, I started the show because like in the six um I did it like concurrently with the six barrel mm-hmm. but one of the things when I was in the six barrel was that um I wrote like way more than everyone else right um because yeah. I, I'm a journalist and that's you you write every day or you don't have a job right and other people would write like a sketch for a show mm-hmm. I would write like eight and I'm like I'm not doing I if no bones I do not want to do eight sketches of mine like no. Like but here I, are eight for you to. Here are eight for us to consider and work on, and anyone's we like. I'm not taking offense about not working on any of them because sure. I know my strength, you know, is writing a lot. Mm-hmm. Prolific. But, pro yeah, but then it became like, well, then no, like somehow, like one show, I didn't have anything, even though I wrote like eight sketches for it, mm-hmm. and like, like it's just like one of those interpersonal conflicts things, and then other people would write a sketch. And we would have we would do that one thing they wrote, and it wouldn't like I'm like this doesn't like I don't like this sketch like but mm-hmm. we didn't have a comfort zone to criticize each other right it's a really weird group dynamic, um, so I would say that to people listening like who are trying to get into sketch comedy like make sure you do it with people you it's, feel comfortable you can say I don't like this too. that's definitely helpful because in a sketch environment we didn't we did not have that that was like my like kind of why the like why I one of the reasons why I left you know mm-hmm. and then also make sure you set ahead of terms like the structure of is there one decision maker or is it democratic yeah um because we didn't figure that out either and then there became like a problem with that with one person called too many of the shots yeah and then you just you know if and then th- it just kind of falls apart like that you know and I wanted to do something where like i have too many ideas Mm -hmm. but i wanted to do something where i could present a lot of them and and that's where that's where bedtime stories came into and at first it was just a storytelling show right and then it didn't work like that no one it didn't work and i changed it to a variety show like theme show right because there's more sketch comedy there's more and then um i mean like uh, that was like pro- like probably the f- like that and die actor die were like the first two shows in mm-hmm. in town and they were like like the two ones that like people went to like i did a show with bedtime stories that was um a tribute to the wire okay and it was came out it was like the week the wire the hbo show ended mm-hmm. and i got like it was in like inquire wrote it up ahead of time it was like sold out like two weeks in advance. I mean, which sh- which is crazy to think. Yeah, even, and it's the Schumann even, Theater. Even how yeah. small the yeah. Schumann is. But like, it was like we sold tickets in advance for something. Yeah, you know, and I got someone who was on the wire to come to the show, like to be in a bit and it's talk crazy. about being on the wire. Yeah, and um, and it was just like bugging people, like finding people's email addresses and bugging them in MySpace, and you know, Facebook wasn't up yet, but it was yeah. just and um. You know, so it was, and then there were a bunch of other shows. Like we had to seat people on the stage, or like people were sitting in the seats, and right. then, and that's another reason Connie's has double the capacity. Yes, it but does. even there, there would be really big, like not every some months there'd be ten people, some mm-hmm. months there'd be like eighty. You, you know, it, yeah, it's really hit or miss. It's really hit or miss. But uh, so you mentioned the structure of a sketch team, and yeah. I usually close out with this, or I I already asked the one cl- question I close out with, so we'll go to the other one. What is other? What is something that you've learned about comedy that you could pass on to? <laughs> I could write a book about that. Um, big, big thing. Big, <laughs> a big, a big thing is is seriously when you if you do sketch comedy, stand up. Um, those are the two ones I know. So improv's a different animal because that's part, a team yeah. sport. But if you do sketch comedy or stand up, and 
if you with stand up when you're performing at an open mic, you're just performing in front of other comics. Yeah. And what they find funny is not what is funny. Right. Right. Here's the big one. Here is the big one. If you want to be a sta- if you want to be in comedy, even improv, make sure you keep and have a huge group of non-comedy friends. Hmm. More than anything else because a this stuff is stressful and you're going to like just getting ducking away from comedy people like I have my real friends, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I, I don't mean that, you know, like right. I have friends from college. I've, you know, all these people who I've been close with for since grade school, yeah. you know, and then they, and then they're, they're so funny. They are so funny and they are an audience. They are people who go to shows. They yeah. are people who make shows. So then when you perform in front of other comics, like you're, you're not getting a good judge of what's funny and right. everything, you know, like, and then there's just like this comedy bubble comes up mm-hmm. and if that's like your life all your references and everything you're filtering is like comedy 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 yeah. right and that's not necessarily like comedy is about the real world right right comedy's not about comedy like anytime it's like most stand-ups when they say like i was doing the show or a funny thing about doing comedy i'm like this sucks like this is terrible <laughs> like i want to hear something like literally would hear anything else like Right. You know, so, you know, like it becomes too inside baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. So make it connect yourself as in many ways as possible to the real world. You know, sure. You know, or maybe like think like the let like right. Like this one sketch class I want to take, maybe take a woodworking class because (laughs) you might like like you might meet some weirdos at a woodworking class who are going to be a character better than what you would come up with in your sketch class. Huh. I like that. You know, and, you know, go and, you know, like, hey, like not being on this Tuesday night show at whatever theater in front of four people, go to the Phillies game instead. Right. You can say no to being on every show, you know, say yeah. say no and go to the Phillies game and that and connect with the, your greater world at large. So have a life outside of comedy. Have a life outside of comedy is the biggest thing. You will be so much better at comedy for it. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. You can see Greg at the Ha Ha Halloween's Showcase on Wednesday, October 26th at the Punchline Comedy Club at 8 o'clock. Or on The Banter Show on Friday, October 28th at Good Good Comedy. Follow him on Twitter at Holding Court Pod, And I've embedded a bunch of videos up on MyFirstSketch.com so you can see some of his previous work. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at PhillySketchFest.com or on Twitter at PHL Sketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up who I'll be talking to next. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>